Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. your host, Amon Green. Welcome to it on a Thursday. Hello. It means AG's in the house. For sure. 402-464-5685 is the Sarder Heyman text line and the Honda Lincoln hotline if you want to be a part of what we're doing. You can follow on the Sarder Heyman live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, live, and Allo Channel 951. You can see it. You know, matter of fact, y'all should probably like take pictures of your TVs on 951. Show AG some love. Show him that you're watching. Um, let folks know. Post it on, on on Twitter or Facebook or however else you consume what we do. Let's bring in the great one. And, yeah, we got it right. 12 years. Yep. We got 12 years in the league. We're not, and, of course, every time – your show comes on. I get texts from my Seattle buddies. Wait, man, you ain't giving us you ain't giving us no Seahawk love. Like, what's the problem? I'm like, man, they're passionate fans up there. Like, what they, what they said, he's ours too. Like, why are you tripping? And I'm like, well, if y'all taking care of him, he wouldn't. Right. You didn't, didn't allow uh, Mike Holmgren to you negotiate know. with Ron Wolf. Yeah, I could have been a all-time leader rusher for the Seahawks. Like that would have been easy. It'd been, it been close. It'd been interesting with uh, Who Marshawn the, Lynch right behind me. So you know? Marshawn still. Well, no. So where do you rank currently? Um, uh, all time with Seattle. With Seattle, oh yeah, I'm like I'm way at the bottom because I probably had like 200 yards there in two years. So they really didn't love you the way they were supposed yeah, they, to. Uh, I had uh, Dennis Erickson was my first year. His coach, uh, him and his coaching staff. And then they get fired because we didn't get to the playoffs. And then Mike Homer comes in from Green Bay, and he becomes the head coach slash GM. And then I became the third down. I was third down back in year one and the third down back in year two, uh, back um, backing up Ricky Waters. So um, I was able to get maybe two, maybe 300 yards in that, first, in that second year. I, I got it, DP. Give it and to him. On. Give 61 to carries, 329 yards, and a touchdown, long as 64. See, this is this is why in these conversations, I'm always, I'm constantly, I just, I'm surprised I don't have dents in my forehead from rubbing it from bad professional business decision makers. Yeah, just bad football decision makers. Like, what would? Come on, come on. How do you miss? How do you miss that? That's a huge swing and a miss. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of NFL teams that year, I got drafted. Um, we were, I was just talking with Jay on his um, off the air before he walked out of here. At my pro day, when I came back after the, we beat, you know, we beat Tennessee, go out to, I go out instantly, like a week later to Los Angeles, to California, Newport Beach area, start sprint training, combine training for uh, my time in Indianapolis. And I'm there maybe January, February, combines in February or late February. I go out there. Actually, the week before, I strained my groin, so I didn't have the best run. But I still went, even with a strained groin, I went four four nine, with a strained groin, and I able to run routes. I caught seventeen or twenty passes. This is going off the fact that they say I'm not a 
NFL back <laughs> without catch passes downfield because I only catch at catch option pitches laterally. And I'm like, don't you really think about that? That that's a that's a talent in itself. You're running full full speed one direction and you're looking back the other way to wait for the ball to catch it and either in front of you or behind you. But mind you, like you mentioned, you know, poor uh, professional decision making. They don't even consider all that. Then I come to my pro day healthy two weeks after the combine and I bust out a um a four one seven and a four one eight in the forty. A jump, a vertical jump, 41 and uh, 41 and a half inches. I weigh 215. I just turned 21 years old. I bench press uh, 225, 35, uh, 30 times. Uh, Austin, you, 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 so I just want to let that marinate for a second. This dude sitting next to us who claims to be one of us, like he claims to be a human like we Claim. are. Right? Like he claims word. to be one of us. And he just – yeah, four one seven coming off a bad hammy, uh, vertical off the charts. Uh, yeah, I was just getting started. Amon five letters, green five letters, freak yeah. five letters. There you go. I didn't. You know what? I never put that together. I like. That. Oh I like that. man, that's a shirt. Yeah. Alien, alien five letters. That's, a, that's a, like that's a shirt. Like it's a full thing. I look through all of it, and a part of the intrigue. And having you around now is that it really just puts in perspective how important leadership is, identification of talent, mm-hmm. uh, and the developing of talent. Be- yes. Because it's huge. missed. It's just missed so often. And Nebraska, and Nebraska football specifically, has a real low self-esteem when it comes to developing talent. Now. I'll say these Now. Guys. Yeah. And that, Matt Rule and his coaching staff are in town uh, picking up broken pieces and putting things back together right now. I've been at a lot of their practices. And so they have a good mindset. The the words they're using towards the players, stuff like that, towards the coaches, have the coaches talk to the players, you know, when they're giving them that constructive criticism, giving that, that information to help them improve, you know, it's there. So they're picking up the pieces now. So it's good to see that being at the practices that I've been at so far. How important is, like I said, this, this is transitional. Yeah. And there's zero chance – there's, let's be clear, there's zero chance that Matt Rule can come up and clean up how many ever bad years you True. want to identify True. Nebraska football True. having been under yeah. and cleaning it up right now. Right. It's not going to happen year one. Like, it, like So let's be clear. Yeah, and let's, let's be clear t- to the fan base. Yes. Year one, even year part of year two, it's going to still be some transitioning going on for everybody in the building from the coaching staff to the you know, to, to coaching staff, players. Uh, team managers, equipment guys, girls, ladies, training um, men and women. It's a whole process of when I, you know, when I was here, I remember, you know, from everybody from the locker room to the training room, equipment managers, everybody was like had a same. We're on the same page, same heartbeat, same mindset, and you know that's a carryover from year to year. And so that we had 1998 started the the change of that, and then was it 2001 or 2002 when Coach Solas was fired. You know, that's when that was the beginning, the actual end, beginning of the end for a lot of the the culture that was built here with uh, Coach Osborne when Coach Solich was the running backs coach then, but Coach Osborne being the head coach. Through your transition, so taking over, and not, it's not taking over, it's starting. Yeah. This is ground level, trying to get everybody on the same page, assessment of talent, mm-hmm. uh, evaluating who you're competing against, finding out. The things you do well and the things you don't do well. Correct. And you've got a whole new roster. 
Yes. Entirely, it's entirely new to you. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The kids in the esports club are very, I say, driven. I met them, you know, over the internet. Probably Jay, the week before I got here, start having conversations, and then when I got here, face to face, a few meetings there, and instantly, instantly in their the their conversation, I could hear determination, accountability, and just being passionate about esports. Because this is a club situation. They're just, they're not, no faculty members, no, nothing's on the line other than, you know, playing some games and pride, but having the work ethic to have a team, you know, a club president, treasurer, a whole board of officers to have that organized by just college students that you usually think, how can kids do that? But if they're passionate about something, which these are, which they are, you see that. And that's the part where I come in and I already know, I already noticed that. So I, I told them already, look, you already, the machine's already mo moving and it's moving really good. I'm just here to kind of spot, you know, spit, spit, shine it here and mm -hmm. there, clean it up. And then, you know, we got uniforms here. We'll have our own facility there. And then all that just, I could see their eyes light up. I could see the excitement, you know, brewing underneath their, you know, underneath their um, exterior there. And just so for me, it's just now come in, don't break nothing. It's already set in stone. Things have been organized, and they do tryouts. They do they run practice. You know, practices a little different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in what I know about structuring practice. But the tryouts, something they've been doing on their own, has been successful. Getting the better players to show up to be on the varsity side of the rosters. So they got a lot of stuff, like I said, already going. So now I'm just here to spit shine it and then get it ready for presentation. That's about it. Just just like with Matt Rule, he's got new verbiage. And it, he's going to have to put in – he's going to have to change meaning for a lot of things for an entire roster. Yes. Like this is yep. new – a new way of communicating, new words, new trigger words, yep. new new ones that are alert and alarm, right? When you hear this word, get moving, stop what you're doing, get moving. When yep. you hear this one, stop it. For you, using that, how long does it take before the leader and the, and the, and the followers – get on the same verbiage it's it's different for every uh player like matt the coaching staff strength coaching staff everybody that sees the kids every day in that locker room on the football side of it it depends on that player and where their mindset is some players like me i knew right as soon as i like between me graduating from high school it was already right i'm a husker i start i came to, right after i graduated high school i started coming down driving down um, in the summers before I got here, before I moved on campus and working out with the team. So my mindset was, I'm a, I graduated from Omaha Central, go Eagles, I'm a Husker now, as soon as the summer hit. So I was driving down two times a week to work out with the players, doing seven on seven in the summer, doing all that stuff dedicated. And then you have players that are still, you know, they're transitioning because obviously being with a couple coaches in their lifetime as a, as a Husker, um, and then the way it went down, you know, wasn't great how things ended with Scott. And so you got players kind of like, man, do I, I got to impress this staff. I got to do this, this, and this. And should I, do, you know, where should I go? What should I do? And how should I do it? They're asking them themselves that question. Um, then you got, then you got players that, that as, as soon as they got hired, the coaching staff, they were gone. They jumped into the portal. And those are the players, hey, that was the best thing for them because Matt Rule is going to want coaches. That assistant coaches going to want coaches, the strength coaches going to want coach or player, excuse me, that want to be here and want to want to change the program and win, pretty much. If if Saturday and Saturday's a big day here, yeah, um, huge day. Um, I did a podcast earlier and we we're talking about the numbers, the attendance. 
uh, that bounced from Callahan 67,000 year one, day one, to uh, Riley and Pelini, all, both of them being around 80 and the excitement, Scott being 86, uh, and that this is Matt Rule's, this is his 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 Broadway debut on Lincoln Boulevard, right? Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. it'll let people know how connected people are to the messaging. Do they believe in it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how much P- PTSD they're dealing with, right? Because the fans, yeah, because yes, they've been yes. sold. They've <laughs> been they've been pitched, sold, uh, <laughs> marketed to in so many ways. In so many ways, <laughs> how difficult is it for a player? to walk into a new situation and then try to appease themselves, family, community, coach. Well, I say as a player, you can't appease all them people. For one, you got to start with yourself. And the number two is the people that are in your vicinity, so your coach, your teammates, and keep it at that. That's it. Because if you try to do everything, the family, the community, no, you'll lose your focus and then your bandwidth is way too wide. You can't focus. Like my focus, my older brother Jerry, he would always mention. He said, "Man, when you got to," fo-, he said, "In the off season, in spring ball, in the summer, you know, we can hang out, chill. I could tell you was just being yourself. But when football season came, even when I was, you know, back at in, at Central and at North and Little League, he said, when football season around, you were like locked in, like you were going to bed at a certain time, you were you weren't saying much, you were quiet, seemed like you were thinking about stuff. I said, yeah, I was probably thinking about football." He said, exactly. He said, so it carried up to here, you know, when I got to the league, to Seattle, to Green Bay, even though I wasn't the guy in Seattle and wasn't playing a whole lot, but I was doing a lot of special teams, I was always, you know, making sure I was learning my craft, learning how to be a better flyer or a better gunner, um, R5, L5, when they was the wedge buster, you know, learning how to defeat that. You know, deal with they that. had so, you as a wedge buster? Oh, yeah, my, my rookie year. I'm one of the people that why that rule is gone. Because <laughs> I was running, you remember that's that's four. Remember four one. Yeah, we like got four I, one running down. Look, there. that was the best friend of. Like I, I, I'm a returner at heart. Yeah, and those are the best friends. Like those. I, look, I bought meals from high school to college because I understood these are the people that look. All my paychecks are based on this. Correct. Right. Like yeah. I, I'm not getting no dates. <laughs> if if, if the four of lie. you and the five of you don't do work. I'm done. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah. So I find that interesting. Here's the question that I it was posed to me, so I'll share it with you. Yeah. Will the kids from eSports meet and hear from Coach Tom Osborne? Oh, yeah. They will. Like, well, I – Early in the – early – I say come fall. They – I don't know how early, but when his schedule is open, I'm going to say, Coach, whenever you can find that open day, we have practices this time. This is where we're going to be at. Can I see you at, you know, 5 o'clock? And I want you to come talk to my players. Because um, he was a guy, you know, outside my, my, my father at home, he was a guy when I was down here, another father figure, was a guy that, man, he uh, he basically, what I, what I loved about him was the fact that he was true to what he, what, what came out of his mouth. And, and then to him as a person, you saw that. And, and he represented that. And that was like my father, my dad. When my dad would say something, it was canon, and if it was something, it was a, if it was a, a a demand, better get it done, you know. And the same thing by my by halfway, not even through halfway through training camp, I learned that with Coach Osmer, you know, and Coach Solich. Like these, if they say certain things, 
I better be listening, taking notes, and I better execute when I get to the practice field, to the weight room, or wherever they're asking me to do this. It's always fascinating how what, what things move people. Um, and then because of that, the things that are important to you are the things you remember. All the time. Like, it's the things you remember. So I was asked this, so I'll ask it of you as well. Are we asking too much or not enough of today's student-athlete? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question because, I mean, I think back now for my time because I had a friend. We were talking about the whole – between NIL and then – Social what, media. What social media and what traditional athletes even then to now had to do on a daily basis. Like, we were student-athletes. So that means we wake up about 6.30, 7 o'clock, get ready for that first day of class, which is either 8 o'clock or 8.30 class. And then for traditional athletes in the fall or spring – that means all your classes had to be done by no later than 2 o'clock because team meeting was around like 2.45, 2.30, and you'd probably be on the practice field by 3.30. You watch a little film before, and then we go out, then we're done by 5, 5.30, and then we have mandatory study hall at 6 o'clock, and now it's till 9 o'clock. And then by nine o'clock, ain't nothing else to do but to go to bed. <laughs> For Hopefully, me anyway. like if you yeah. so if you did if you did everything right. Hey, I did. And me, I was that. Tanks empty. Like, uh, tanks empty. I would go. I would walk back to Abel Hall. Yeah. And maybe if I was a little hungry, I'd check out the cafeteria, see what they had. Yeah. And I'm going to bed. Yeah. I, ain't got, I ain't got nothing left in the tank. The, the other know? the other side of that is, are student athletes today getting too much or too little? Yeah. And so to your first question, so yeah. I think that. There can be a little bit of you know run over, you know. The, and, and I think you know kids today, you know. I'm I mean I'm a father of five, four girls and a boy, and so I'm not just saying this to be mean. I'm just saying today where kids are growing up, it is a little bit easier on them. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it, some of it's for good reason because we are addressing stuff like mental health and all that now well, a little you, bit more. You, you, this generation broke down walls for for, for the Correct. kids. That that like that's literally a purpose of, exactly. of the next so generation. Some of it is good yeah. because you know dealing with mental health, dealing with PTSD, or dealing with some negative mental um, situation that's happened to a person, and young adults will go through that because they're going from elementary school age to middle school age to high school. Something's going to happen. You know, you grow up, you get in fights or you get bullied somewhere, and now not only just you have face-to-face bullying now you got cyber bullying mm-hmm. you know through the social media so that was something we didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. and that was something that usually sometimes the bullying in the face was actually it would turn out to be sometimes a good thing because you find out stuff about yourself yep because you get in a fight yep and you'd be like oh no i didn't know i could, I could do that you know or i didn't know that that's what it feels like to get punched in the face <laughs> you know <laughs> but you, you know, had to learn you, you had to you learn, have to and learn. So that was our generation and now and even before that you know our parents generation went through that too so now kids today i remember um talking to a high school team that i coached years ago we were a good team little farm team up in wisconsin freedom high school and i remember i'm i'm coaching the running backs we're warming up and i'm trying to, i'm about to coach them up on picking up the blitz and where they have to have tuck their hands and being physical and making sure they just grab enough, you know, to control and keep the guy in front of them. And then I told him, you know, my first, well, how Coach Solich and a lot of other running backs had always described getting in and picking up the blitz is like getting in a fight, you know. So I was like, anybody in this group got in a fight? And they all looked at me and said, no, Coach. And I was like, this was, this was 2017, 2018. And I'm like, are y'all serious or y'all messing with me? They're like, no. I said, hold up. 
any fight, like your brothers or sisters, because y'all farm kids, so you out there having fun. Maybe you got a sibling. They're like, no, coach. I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta turn. I got <laughs> time out. I got time out. I got you messed me up, and I'm laughing. They're laughing at me like, what do you, what, you know? They're laughing. I say, hey, time out, because I thought at least one of y'all being in the fight, so I could tell you how how we gotta get ready for a blitz pickup. I can't do that now, so let me recalibrate. Give me about two seconds. Let me think about this, and then I came back somewhere else. So that that moment there was like, I came home, told my wife the same thing. Was like. I was like, "Wow, this is the generation," and which is a, it's a good, it's, it's more, it's more for the better. But it's just like so certain conversations, certain experiences when they do happen, you know, you really got to pay attention to that kid because they can be really messed up if you don't address it. Well, that's the Kobe know? thing. Kobe said that a strong generation can only produce a weak generation. Right. It's cyclical. It it literally that's yeah. how it happens. That the the, the generation behind, and I explain this to people about Nebraska football. It had to happen. Yeah. It had the decline had to happen because all the sons of that great generation, all them dudes grew up being celebrated and anointed. Right. And then all of a sudden work starts to happen. And all them people that your daddy's beat up, their sons are looking for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been waiting for you. They That's getting even and then that gonna come help me. We're gonna throw it to break. We'll come back. I do wanna before we get Deep into esports and what what goes on, I'm there's a, I'm setting Amon up because that last segment is going to be rapid fire. Mm. I got five questions for him, and we're just going to load up on AG. I can and, handle that. Yeah, we're going to load up on it. AG show ninety three seven ticket. We'll be right back.